uh, we've been in this series called, uh, called The Heart Vision. Uh, every, every year, we like to go through a couple times and just kind of put the vision in front of y'all again. Because we recognize there's always new people coming in, and we don't want to assume that you know what we're about. Now, of course, every faith community, every local church should be about loving God and loving people and making disciples, of course. But we also believe that God has a specific purpose for Heart of the City, a specific purpose. And so uh, over the past few weeks, uh, first of all, we lay before you that our vision statement at Heart of the City, do you know it, the, 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 the short one? There it is. That was mighty strong. <laughs> to be a people after God's own heart. Now, do you know where that comes from? That comes from the scriptures. It comes from the story of David. David was called a man after God's own heart. And we want to be a people after God's own heart. And for us, that's twofold. One, we want to be a people in pursuit of God's heart, after his heart. And two, we want to be a people who takes after a people who take after his heart. We want to be like our father, amen? And so for us, we believe that for us, that's expressed in four different ways. Now, there's a lot of ways that, that being a people after God's own heart could be expressed, but for us, we believe that it's through helping people know God, find freedom, and make a difference, amen. And so for the past couple of weeks, you got to hear from J.O., our lead pastor, and my dad, and he talked to you about knowing God and the, the importance of intimacy and, and, and the difference between just being in church for 30 years and actually knowing the king of the universe. And then last week we got to hear from Craig, do you want the vehicle? And he talked to us about finding freedom. I'm going to talk to you guys today about discovering purpose in just a moment. Um, but I, I want to pause to say one thing, a little Bible trivia for you. God said that his house would be called a house of God said that his house would be called the house of prayer. prayer. And I see Dave over there, and he's like, a prayer for all nations. <laughs> yes, that's true. Um, but it's called a house of prayer. And we want to invite you to make that true at Heart of the City. We want to invite you to be a part of making that true. And so this Saturday, we're going to be joining together at 8.30 a.m. for breakfast. and 9 a.m., we're going to start praying. How many of you know that our nation needs some prayer? Amen. How many of you know that our world is in need of some prayer? Your voice matters in that. Would you join together with us in unity? There's a principle that we see that Jesus laid out that when believers come in unity together and we make a request to God in the name of Jesus, it's already done. Would you be a part of making that request with us this Saturday, this Saturday morning, October 2nd, 8.30 breakfast, 9 o'clock prayer. Amen. This message, if you're taking notes today, is called, Why Am I Here? Important to know. Why am I here? We're going to be looking at three major passages of Scripture. We'll get to them in a few minutes, but I just want to prime you guys a little bit. We're going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 1, Ephesians chapter 4, and Psalm 139. Would you pray with me? Father, we thank you for this morning. We th I thank you for your saints, this wonderful group of people that you've gathered together. We thank you that where two or more are gathered, Jesus, you're in the house. You are present and Lord, we just take a minute right now to recognize your presence and thank you that you are near. We thank you that your word is not just some old book, but it's living and it's active and it is capable of cutting through all of our muck, all of our distractions, all the things that try to tie us down. Every chain is broken through you, Jesus. You speak and mountains move. We pray that your word 
would dwell richly within us this morning and that we would be transformed by it. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Don't you love God's word? I mean, if you've spent any time in God's word, it's just like one of those things, you just have to try it. If you will just wake up and get in God's word every single day, your life will be transformed. And it's one of those things that I don't feel any lack of confidence in saying it. If you will just do it, People, they, it, it's kind of like, it's some, for some people, it's kind of like a diet. They tried it for a week, and they're like, I only lost a pound. Because you did it for a week. It's about a lifestyle. It's not about a diet. The word is about a lifestyle, not about a diet. You know, you, you don't just get, a, get on a kick about God's word. You make it a part of your life. It's give us this day our daily bread. Man does not live on bread alone, but every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. You want to live life to the fullest? Get in the word every single day and watch your life transform. Some of you are looking at me and be like, Seth, we've heard that a hundred times. But have you tried it? Have you actually tried it? Have you actually done it? Have you actually gotten to the word? Wow, taken after my father. (laughs) Have you actually tried getting in the word every single day, every single day? I'm telling you, test God in this. Test him in this. Get in his word every single day and try not to be transformed. Just try. It ain't going to happen. You get in his word every day and your heart is going to be filleted in two and you will not be able to be the same. That's not in my notes, but somebody needs to hear it. Somebody's been sitting in church for 20 years and you still don't read the Bible. If you only read the Bible when it comes on the screen on Sunday mornings, you are missing it. It's living and active. Okay. Woo. Jesus. Okay. Somebody needs to read the word, I guess. Thank you, Lord. All right. I've been doing this thing for my son where I got this Bible. Actually, I kind of got it from Logan, this Bible. It's got this lion on the front. It's really cool. And every day, it's a wide margin Bible. Every day, I write a letter to Jameson. Every single day, whatever, wherever I'm at in the scriptures, I write a letter to him in the wide margin to begin to even instruct him in the ways of the Lord before he can even read, before he can even understand. And I'm telling you, there's something different when you know you're eating for two. And let me encourage you, whether you have kids or not, eat for two every day. Read, that, read the word, not only, yes, primarily to build relationship with Jesus, but also because he wants to move through you. I cannot tell you how many times, wow, this, this, this message is not about reading the Bible, but maybe it is. I can't tell you how many times I've gotten in the word in the morning and I go and I run into a situation in my day. Craig, how many times, Logan, how many times has this happened? Where it just happened to be what I was reading that, that, that morning and I walk into a situation and all of a sudden it's like pop, 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 pop. Because I hid his word in my heart. Yep, that's right. And it was my daily bread and he knew just what I needed, just what the situation needed that day. Test him in this. Test him in it. Somebody needs to read the Bible. I'm telling you. Okay. So two and a half years ago, I felt like God, we're going to get into it. Two and a half years ago, I felt like God put this on my heart and gave me this really simple three-part structure of the purpose of human beings. Okay. Really simple. It's nothing profound, but it's just something that we can work with. And I feel like he brought it up in my mind and in my heart this week. And so I'm just going to lay this out for you real quick. All right. Here we go. Artist. I'm more in like the, uh, the singing and music arts, not so much the visual arts. Okay, we've got big circle, medium-sized circle, 
Small circle. A three-part, three-realm purpose, okay? First, we have our universal. And I don't mean universal as in universalism. That's garbage. I mean universal as in applying to the whole church, okay? So our universal purpose, so every believer, everyone in the church is meant to love God, is meant to love people, is meant to make disciples, is meant to be transformed by the power of the Holy Spirit. You guys all feel that? By the way, making disciples is not a gift. It's like, well, I don't know if I'm called to make disciples. (laughs) If you're following Jesus, you're making disciples. That's what it looks like. All right, here we go. So in here we got love God. And I know there's other things that we're supposed to do, but just give me the benefit of the doubt. I'm trying to do a summary. Love people and make disciples. Well, really, this is actually, make disciples is actually a part of these two things. When we make disciples, we're actually expressing our love for God and expressing our love for people. They're very much tied together. If you say that you love God and you don't love people, you're a liar. By the way, that's not just my idea. That's what the scriptures say. All right, next part of purpose is called typical purpose. And I don't mean typical as in like, oh, that's typical. That word actually means, it's, it actually is referring to types, types. So you could think about it like purpose type, okay? So we're going to look. Medium-sized circle, typical. Think about this as your purpose type or your purpose theme or your purpose lane. Okay, a lot of times uh, your typical purpose is going to be expressed in, in your gifting, in your passion, in the way that you're oriented, okay? In your personality type. So we'll say gifts. Whoa, that is a bad G. Gifts, uh, passions. And I don't mean like negative passions. I don't mean like sarks, like fleshly passions. I mean passions planted inside of us by God. Right? Okay. Okay, and we're going to do PT, personality type, because personality is a long word. Third part of purpose. Oh, actually, I want to give some examples of that one. So when we're talking about typical purpose, an example would be like Dave Carlson and Craig Brown are designed to teach. That's, that's one of their typical purposes. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Come on. Yes. Come on, let's get some zeal in the house. Okay. Um, <laughs> Okay, you know, uh, Clark Menzies, hey Clark, and my mom, Ray Dean, are designed to prophesy. If you've ever seen them prophesy, you know, man, they meant for it, right? Okay, J.O. is meant to evangelize. That guy gets, gets toward the topic of gospel, and all of a sudden, everything lights on fire. Seriously. Amber is designed to administrate. Okay, those are just a few examples. Now, that's not all they're designed to do. I'm not typecasting them. I'm not painting them into a corner. I'm not saying that's all that they're able to do. But God has oriented them in those ways, and it's important for them to recognize that. So typical purpose. Finally, individual purpose. So to express individual purpose, also a long word. Individual. In the dual. All right. Now, this is your one-of-a-kind design built to accomplish your specific mission in life. Okay? Did I spell everything right? Sure. Yeah. Individual. Okay. 
And I want to give you an example of an individual purpose. This is my, this is my purpose statement. Now, it changes over the years because I believe that God brings more and more revelation. I sure hope so. But today, this is where I'm standing with my purpose statement. You ready? My name is Jonathan David Seth Owens. Did you know that? Did you know my name is actually Jonathan? Some of you did. They just always called me Seth, so I, I stuck with it. My name is Jonathan David Seth Owens. I, Owens, with an S. Some of y'all up here in the Northwest think everyone who has O-W-E-N can't possibly have an S afterwards, but some of us do. I'm a son of Yahweh. He has a name, you know? And sometimes it's important to distinguish, because sometimes when we use the word God, it can be very confusing in our culture. He has a name. His name is Yahweh. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm a vessel of his spirit. I'm Micaiah's honey. Micaiah's my wife, just to be clear. Not, I'm Jameson's daddy. I'm J.O. and Radine's baby boy. And I'm Jamie's bubba. I believe that I was designed to see the inland northwest turned upside down for God's kingdom. By leading people into significant encounters with Jesus through the sung and spoken word. And by raising up leaders who would carry and reveal the Father's heart to their generation. That's my purpose statement, just for me. Now, we're going to get into the scriptures. We're going to make this meeting legal. If any of you were nervous, <laughs> don't worry. We're here. We're going to talk about, we're going to, go, we're going to dive a little bit deeper into universal purpose first. And to do that, we're going to look at one of the most theologically rich books in all of the Bible, one of my favorites, sometimes really hard to chew on, very thick, Ephesians, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, starting chapter 1, verse 3. We're in the English Standard Version, in case you were wondering. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Isn't that comforting? This is not scripture. I'm pausing. Isn't that comforting? He chose us in him before the foundation of the world. Wow. You are special. I'm special. That we should be holy and blameless before him. Do you like that too? Holy and blameless before him. In love. He predestined us for adoption to himself as sons through Jesus Christ. And, and for a moment, you could go, wait, that seems kind of like it's excluding women. No. When Paul says sons here, he's talking about the full inheritance that both men and women receive. It's actually kind of cool that he doesn't say sons and daughters because what he's saying is both men and women get to receive the fullness of the inheritance. Does that make sense? As sons through Jesus Christ, according to the purpose of his will, to the praise of his glorious grace, with, with which he has blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood. Can I get an amen? amen. The forgiveness of our trespasses. Can I get an amen? amen? According to the riches of his grace, which he lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will, according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. 
What a beautiful, beautiful passage. What a comforting passage to know that that's how God thinks of us. This is our universal purpose. The church and every believer in it was made to glorify God through living in intimate relationship with him and with each other. A lot of times when we think about purpose, we think about what we do. But I think Paul would come to us and challenge us a little bit on that and say that foundationally, that purpose is a being before it is a doing. Purpose is a being before it is a doing. God didn't primarily create task completers. He created sons and daughters. Now, of course, based on what we see throughout the New Testament, throughout the scriptures, we recognize that as we enter into the family of God, and as we dwell as sons and daughters, something happens to us. We are changed. We are transformed. And behavior overflows from it. Yes, it's primarily, it is primarily about a being. But all of a sudden, when you are being a son or daughter, there is a doing that bubbles up out of that. There is this doing that that I'm a son or daughter and all of a sudden, I am, all I want to do is be like dad. And in order to be like dad, you know what dad loves? He loves other sons and daughters. He loves to bring them in close. The word says that he desires that none should perish. So if I'm like dad, I desire that none should perish. And so we see this dynamic of, yes, primarily it is about identity. It's about knowing that we're sons and daughters. That is, that is paramount. But as soon as we know that, all of a sudden, we begin to want to invite other people into that and to live like Jesus. I love the way that Leland Mooring puts it. Leland Mooring is a really precious, popular worship musician. He says, I'm not a singer. I'm a son who loves to sing. He's got that in the right order. I want to talk to you about typical purpose, and we're going to stay in the same book, different chapter, Ephesians 4. Now, when we read this passage, I don't want you to get hung up on this particular list. There are several lists that are kind of like this. And Ephesians 4 is a wonderful list. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 is a wonderful list. Romans chapter 12 is a wonderful list. Dave, is there another, is there another, are those the main ones? feeling good. (laughs) Starting in verse 11. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers. I feel so comforted that we have three out of our four elders right here. So as soon as I say anything a little edgy, I can just go pop, pop, pop. And if anyone is looking at me kind of, you know, cross, I can be like, I'm going to step away from that. (laughs) I love it. It's instant feedback. Three of the four elders right here. Love it. I love our eldership so much. It's like a cozy, warm blanket (laughs) that sometimes, you know, get (laughs) you. Okay. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. We have all been given gifts and passions and ministries and lanes and themes through which God desires to move through us. Our typical purpose isn't necessarily, like I said earlier, it's not meant to paint us in a corner. It's not meant to typecast us. But it is meant to give us some guidance so that we're not constantly working against the grain. When we're built to be an ear, we're not trying to see all the time. 
When we're built to be a hand, we're not trying to taste things all the time. It's to help us operate in the way that we were oriented by God. Now, Gary Chapman would say that we express love and receive love a few different ways. You might be familiar with the five love languages. Can you say them with me? Actually, you won't know the order, so I'm just going to say them. You can kind of say them with me if you want. might be kind of confusing. Quality time, words of affirmation, gift giving, acts of service, and physical touch. This is what I present to you today. This is, not, this is not necessarily scripture, but I think it's pretty easily extrapolated. God has chosen to express his love and his purposes through some love languages as well. Like such, teaching, evangelism, prophecy, wisdom, knowledge, healing, and similar gifts. God expresses his love to the body of Christ through these gifts. And who does he use to do it? He uses us. Because he not only loves relating with us, he loves to see us relate with each other. He loves to see the mutual love of the saints. You can think about your typical purpose kind of in this way. Think about it like the body part that you represent. Now, there are lots of arms. There are lots of eyes. There's lots of feet. But no two of them are the same. And that's why we have to move deeper than just typical purpose onto individual purpose. And so for that, we're going to read from Psalm 139. But before we read from that, I'm going to have you stand. And we're actually going to read this together. Because I don't want us to just listen to this scripture as a lesson. I want you to prophesy over yourself today. Wait, I don't know about that. We're going to read God's word, God's truth. We're going to be a mouthpiece of God, and we're going to say these words over ourselves because they are true. Yeah. Psalm 139, are you ready? Yes. Are they up on the Sky Bible? Yes. Here we go. For you formed my inward parts. You knitted me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth. Your eyes saw my un... Is it not up? I just... It went... I'm like, I'm alone. Come on, don't you have it memorized? Just kidding. Where are we at? Okay, when I was being made in secret, intricately woven in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed substance. In your book were written, every one of them, the days that were formed for me, when as yet there was none of them. Amen. You can be seated. There's one part that just stuck out to me. This isn't my message today, but I got I to gotta, I gotta put it in front of you. This passage is very timely. You, your eyes saw my unformed substance. Think about that for a minute. Think about it. My unformed substance. You're going to tell me that a little baby. This is one area where I literally could not care less whether I offend you. He sees our unformed substance. Our unformed substance. 
and we hesitate to protect the least of these, the most vulnerable in the womb. If you ever have any trouble with what God's view on abortion is, read Psalm 139 every day if you have to. It is what it is, church. I don't want to be unclear or murky or muddy in any way on this issue. Not what I'm talking about, but I'm telling you, there is a specific purpose for every little unborn child. Every single one. And I will not, ha- I will not, I will not abide. I will not abide by them being called a clump of cells. I will not abide by it. And you shouldn't abide by it. Okay. God has a plan for each of us on an individual level as a specific path for us to walk. No two prophets are exactly the same. No two teachers are exactly the same. No two plumbers are exactly the same. Feel me. While our gifts help us identify our typical purpose, within each one of those typical purposes, there is an individual purpose for you and for me and nobody else. Before you were born, God had a mission to accomplish through just you, just for your hands. Now see, the enemy comes to lie about all the different realms of purpose. First of all, he does not want us to know we're sons and daughters. He does not want us to know our gifts. But inside the church, what I find is the greatest confusion is on this step. We can go, okay, yes, I'm a child of God. Yes, he has gifted me in certain ways. And then we can still dwell in this place of hopelessness going, but does he really have something for me, Seth, to do? Does he really have a specific thing that he made me for? Did he look at me like like David spoke in Psalm 139? Did he look at me, at my unformed substance, and see something significant for me to do? The answer is unequivocally yes. And if that's been you sitting in this place where I know what the Bible says, I know I'm here for a reason, but just you, he has something for. Just you. Now, I want to leave you today with a, few, with a few reference points on how if we're struggling to discover that individual or maybe even our typical purposes, that these, these might provide some guidance. To start, I'd argue that the first and most pivotal step, it's not going to be surprising to you, the most pivotal step in discovering our purpose is that we would walk in intimate relationship with Jesus. Now, there's this idea in our culture where it's like, I'm going to go and find myself. Oh, careful with that. You go looking for yourself when you don't know who Jesus is, you may find some very strange things. It is God who reveals our true identity. And when we know him and we are filled with his spirit, then we can know who we are. Because as we look upon him, he begins to pour out his truths and his promises. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a guide into our, a light into our path. 
In Galatians 5.25, it says, if we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. If you want to be in step with, with the Spirit, on the path, the specific path that God has for you, you better be filled with His Spirit. Being filled with the Spirit is not for a spiritual elite. Being filled with the Spirit is not just for a one-time thing that happened 30 years ago. But Paul says, be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled. Oh, I got filled with the Spirit 30 years ago, baptized in the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues. I'm just fine. But where are you filled today? Have you sought Him for fresh manna today? Are you overflowing? Oh, yeah, I'm full of Spirit. Why are you so mean? No one cares if you speak in tongues if you're a jerk in English. Okay, I'm going to bring some balance to that point because I understand. I looked at the elders and it's like, okay, bring some, bring, bring some balance. I'm not calling anyone a jerk. But feel me. But feel me. Don't get up on your high horse about your spiritual gifts if you're struggling just loving your brother or sister. And I'm preaching to myself right now. Let's start with love, and then maybe you can get excited about the cool things that God has gifted you with. But you're a noisy gong if you don't got love. Me too. Now, when, we, when God begins to reveal, as we get close to him and he reveals his purpose, you know one of the ways he uses, one of the things he uses in order to reveal to us once we get close to him? Oh, yeah, you're going to love this one. Other believers surrounding yourself with God chasers. And all of a sudden, everyone is like, Wow, another sermon point that says come to church. But really, no. I mean, I want you to come to church. I think that's great. And it's, it's, it's beautiful for us to gather. We gather on Sunday because it's the Lord's Day. We gather in celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. We gather because we have something to party about. And yes, you should get on board with that. But if all you do is spend an hour and a half per week gathering with believers, you missing the fellowship of the believers. They gather day by day in the temple and from house to house breaking bread together, dedicating themselves to the teaching of the apostles. We're talking about true koinonia fellowship, surrounding yourself, surrounding yourself with people who are chasing after the purposes of God. If you need any more convincing on that, go watch Craig's message from last week. Now, another way that God reveals our purpose to us is actually through desires that he places in our hearts. Now, this is one you have to be careful with because not every desire that makes its way into your mind is from God. Right. But, but they can be. In Psalm 37, verse 4, you may have read this one way for, the, for your life, but it says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, yay, if I love God, he'll give me what I want. No, you delight yourself in the Lord. I don't start getting what I want. I start wanting what he wants. I'm gonna say that again. As I delight myself in the Lord, I don't start getting what I want. I start wanting what he wants. And when I want what he wants, I get what he wants. You feel that? And so, yes, we can be, we can have sinful desires inside of us. But when we place ourselves before God with a posture like Jesus did, he goes, 
Father, if you, if, if you can, if there's any other way, will you take this cup from me? But, not my will, but yours be done. Think about it. King Jesus, Son of God, member of the triune Godhead, submitted his will to the Father. How much more? How much more? When we place ourselves in that posture, we open the door for God to speak to us through our desires about the way he has created us. So what burns inside you? What makes you say, I've got to do something about that? Think about it. I've got to do something about that. Because when you find what burns inside of you and you can answer that question, I've got to do something about it. And it's in alignment with God's word. And you've brought it in prayer. And you've brought it to wise counsel. Who's to say that that burning inside of you wasn't lit by God himself? Maybe as you evaluate your desires and your passions, you're having a hard time seeing like how, where the kingdom connection is. I'm telling you, sometimes we overcomplicate it. You're passionate about cars? What if you get some other mechanics together and you do free oil changes for single parents and the elderly? You're like, well, cars aren't very spiritual. Oh, they sure can be. And not just Lamborghinis. Maybe you're passionate about financial management. What if God wants you to start a group where you can help people understand how to build a budget and not be swimming in debt? Thank you, Rick and Kareem Van Zandt. I'm telling you, sometimes we, we look at our passions and our desires and those things that we're already doing. We're like, it's so unspiritual. And God's going, hello, I put this inside of you. How about you just do it unto me and for the love of my people, and I will use it like you could never imagine. Think about the way that God has gifted you in a way that you think is unspiritual, and watch him use it to expand this, his kingdom. But he doesn't just use your passion. He uses our pain. It's not just our passion. It's our pain. Think back to maybe the biggest struggle of your life, your deepest regret, your biggest hang-up, your biggest hurt. I'm thinking about Celebrate Recovery right now. And I'm thinking about the way that the leaders in Celebrate Recovery have a story to tell. When you have broken out of a specific prison, you now have instructions for, to break other people out of that prison. There are some things that I can't speak to. I'll try, you know. I'll go, I'll go. me and Craig or, 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 or Logan. Actually, Logan, can, you can speak to a lot of these things because you went through some incredible, incredible things. But you have a story to tell. But it came through pain. Do not belittle those hurtful situations in your life that God wants to use to bring people into the kingdom. I'm telling you, there's, there's almost nothing more comforting than someone sitting next to you and going, hey, I've been there and you're gonna make it. I can't say that about everything. None of us can, but I can say that about something. What can you say that about? What can you sit down and next, next to someone and say, I've been there and you're gonna make it. Finally, we discover our purpose through education and application. You know, it seems like we live in this culture that's, that's personality uh, test obsessed. We got Enneagram, we got DISC, we got Myers-Briggs, we've got StrengthsFinder. And I'm not, I'm not putting them down, I, I like them, they're fun. But a lot of times what we do is we go online, we take an abbreviated test, 
We scroll through the profile. We have a little aha moment. Oh my gosh, that's so me. And then we don't do anything with it. We just walk away and we're like, that was a fun time. Now we believe in, in resources like that, but we believe that they're most effective when they're walked through relationally. You actually talk through how those tools can be used practically and spiritually in your life. And that's why we have growth track. That's why we have a class, three weeks, 909, first three weekends of every month on Sunday to help you begin that journey. You're like, is that three, one and a half hour classes and I'm gonna discover my purpose? No, it's not the end all be all, but it could be a kickstart. It could be another tool for your belt. You could just give it a chance rather than sitting there and going, well, I don't need none of that. I got myself figured out. I know who I am. Maybe. But maybe what God has for you is quite a bit higher than what you have resolved is you. I've heard it so many times. Well, I'm not going to change. That's just the way I am. If you're describing sin that way, you're wrong. God didn't make you like that. God doesn't make junk. Sure, we have tendencies, we have proclivities, but God did not make you to be stuck in a sinful rut. And if you have, if you have been content with living in any kind of sinful rut, saying that's just the way I was made, today is the day for that to end. His purposes for you are good, for you to be holy and blameless. Any sin that you have turned into some kind of virtue by sticking it on your back like a leech, today is the day for that to be broken in Jesus' name. That is not who you are. You guys stand with me? This is what I hope that you walk away with today. Yes, our universal purpose as the church is we would glorify God through intimate relationship with him and bringing others into intimate relationship with him, being transformed and filled by his Holy Spirit. But God wants to see that happen in your life in a very specific way. There's nothing generic about you. Victor, there's nothing generic about you. You're one of a kind. Ocean, there's nothing generic about you. You are one of a kind. Pat, there's nothing generic about you. You're one of a kind. That's what, I can, obviously I can't go through every person and say that, but it's true. It's true. There is nothing generic about you. And I would just encourage you that you would go on this journey of discovering your purpose through a day-by-day -day walk with Jesus and his spirit through surrounding your yourself with people who are God chasers, through evaluating your desires, your passions, and your pain, and through becoming educated and diving deeper into ways that you can learn about yourself. Now, I want to close today with a very specific passage that comes from that same book, Ephesians, that I think is so appropriate for this moment. It says, Paul said this, God saved you by his grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. That's all true. But who is it true for? Those who are in Christ. We all probably have big desires and dreams about discovering who we are. But the starting line of discovering your purpose 
is stepping into relationship with Jesus, giving him your whole heart, giving him all your trust, putting all your hope in him, all your allegiance, all your loyalty.